Hello and welcome to the very latest episode of the Back Straight Boys and Girl Athletics Podcast. I'm Claire. I'm Jodie. <laughs> Every time. And for the first time in a really quite a long time, we don't have a guest on the podcast. And I was thinking in preparation for this, firstly, what a shame that is because we love having them along. But secondly, the calibre of guests we have had on in lockdown, like we have outdone ourselves. Denise <laughs> Lewis, Christian Taylor, Adam Jamili, Morgan Lake, Jasmine Sawyers, Donna Fraser, Chris Lambert. I'm probably even missing out people. That that right there, that's an Olympic table ranking team. But it is just the three of us. So a bit of time to kind of catch up, take things back to basics. We're going to talk about some results that have happened. We're going to talk about some results that are to come, a couple of topical issues, and a look forward to a very exciting back straight coming to your mm. earbuds awfully Ooh. soon. But boys, how are you? Mustn't, yeah, mustn't grumble. I quite like lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, obviously I wish the whole thing hadn't happened for obvious reasons, but lockdown itself, I've actually kind of enjoyed i've done huge walks i've done read lots of books i've, I've watched lots of films um the fact that it's all coming to an end it's all a bit weird for all of us i think isn't it no one quite knows what they're doing yet but um we'll, we'll just um we'll just struggle on through i suppose i think this weird state of limbo where we're not quite tied to our houses but not quite back to normal has been really disorientating but yeah you're right if you're in a privileged enough position to be financially secure and safe at home and healthy physically there have been lots of positives to take from lockdown absolutely i mustn't grumble i i think like i like you said we are in a privileged position i i live by myself i don't have kids i'm not in like a one bedroom flat with kids and having to worry about all that kind of stuff i can work from home not that there's been any work but um (laughs) but um yeah so i mean i i've i've enjoyed it um, but we have managed to get a lot of stuff done work-wise as well that we wouldn't have got done when you're busy. But the one thing, Claire, that I am really upset about is this week we should have been in Nairobi. First of all, <gasps> first of all on a safari with my oh. mum. And then, because it was her 70th birthday present, and then we were supposed to be going to the World Juniors. Oh, that would have been the best trip ever. I know! <laughs> it was so weird. It, was, it wasn't even planned on purpose. We were taking our mum, we just picked a date, and then we realised, like, as we picked it, that the World Juniors were like two days after we were supposed to come home. So we'd extended it so me and Jodie could stay. My mum was going to go back home. Me and Jodie were going to stay for like another three, four days for the World Juniors. And yeah, the whole thing obviously has been cancelled for obvious reasons. So um, yeah, that, that, is the one, that is the one thing at the moment, especially this week. We, we'd be flying mm, home right yeah. now, um, which is a bit, a bit of a hard pill to swallow. But you know, I mean, it's, in, in the big scheme of things, it's not, not the end of the world. I mean, it was up, it's upsetting for us not to be able to go, but what about the poor juniors who, some yeah. of them, it would have been the only major championships they ever would have gone to in their life because lots of juniors, I mean, you're, you're timed out age-wise and also lots of juniors don't pro- progress when they get into the seniors. So it's a real shame for them and it's not an event that you can put off till next year either. Number one, because there's enough events next year, but also that the juniors who would have been juniors this year, I mean, obviously aren't, aren't qualified next year. So, yeah, that's a real shame for them. And I suppose commercially, there's not much revenue mm. to be made from World Juniors, so it's not going to be a priority for World Athletics. Understandably, they've got bigger fish to fry, but yeah, that won't be a postponement. That will probably be a cancellation. And what a shame also for, for Nairobi yeah. and Kenya getting to hold, yeah. I mean, they, hold, they held the World Youths a few years ago, which everyone raved about. And off the back of Doha and all the African fans there, what a great experience it would have been for us to get to go to a major athletics meeting in Africa. What great experience it would have been for the organisers to potentially do them in the future. 
So, yeah, it's a, it's a real disappointment all round. Hi, I'm Morgan Lake, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. You mentioned how great it's been not to have kids in lockdown. I could not agree more. Sitting on Zoom calls with colleagues, with toddlers running amok, seeing all of the Sky News and BBC News crosses that are getting interrupted by pictures of unicorns that need hanging and second biscuits that need eating. I have never been so glad to only have a houseplant to look after. Although Craig does take up quite a lot of my time. But there have been times in lockdown where I have got awfully broody. And that was a couple, just a week or so ago, when two athletics royalty babies were born. So a huge congratulations to Usain Bolt and his partner, and Sally Pearson and her husband, for the arrival of Olympia Lightning Bolt. What a (laughs) And the gorgeous Ruby Elizabeth Pearson. What lovely news. Can I say, someone on, um, I can't remember who it was, but someone on um, Twitter wrote... Oh my God, Usain Bolt's given his baby a stupid name or words to that effect. And I was like, are you joking? It's like, it's like a triple, every part of it is amazing. You know, every single part of it is amazing. Olympia, which obviously harks back to the Olympics, which is great. Lightning, imagine, imagine giving your child the middle name Lightning so that it's always going to be Lightning Bolt. That is just brilliant and I love if I had kids you know they would have comedy names I'm sorry um their names would be to entertain me and people always say that oh but they get bullied and that and I'm like no they won't because like um they'll love their name as much as I do but no one's going to be bullying Olympia Lightning Bolt are they they wouldn't dare absolutely not and when she wins the Olympics in 2040 I don't know what I don't know what, what year the next Olympics is, but yeah, twenty forty there'll yeah. be one. When she wins the Olympics, imagine that. But the other exciting thing I thought, I know Sally was injured and I know she retired because the Olympics was going to be this year. Right. But do you think there's a little possibility that the competitive nature of Sally Pearson will come back out and she might want to go to the Olympics next year? Considering who the world champion is at the moment, Nia Ali, who had a baby one year before she won the worlds, she's got two kids now. Um so do you think Sally's competitive juices will get flowing again? Oh, go on, Sally. That would make my 2021. She's come back from worse. She came yeah. back from yeah. that horrendous wrist break. What's a baby? Yeah. What's pushing a baby out? I mean, I don't know if the injuries that led to her retirement in the first place are still um, something that, that bothers her. But wouldn't that be exciting? And I know if there's somebody with the, like, the mental fortitude to do it and the, and the will to win, it's Sally, it's Sally Pearson. So best, best wishes to both of them. Um, and um, Sally, if you want to come back on track, your fans would love, love to see you. Hi, I'm Dina Asher-Smith and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. There have been new arrivals in the form of babies and there's also been, thankfully, the, the rebirth of athletics, the return of a little bit of action to our screens. We've had the garden clashes, but actually there's a real sense now that with the announcement of the British champs coming up, with some diamond mm. leagues kind of being mooted as being actual, you know, proper events with a proper schedule to them, um, the athletics is on the way back, which is amazing. And the first event that I kind of really got excited about was the showdown in O-Town, which took place in Florida a couple of weeks ago, because we got to see the sort of shape that Sean A. Miller was in. Did you catch any of that? I only saw a few of the results. I know Sean A won, what, 50.5, was it? Yeah, and 50. Noah Lyle. No, Noah Lyles went fast, but it was windy. Mm, not that windy. 2.8, I think. So, right, OK. You know, not, not some of the winds that we've seen recently. It seems to have been gusty all over the globe. But what's important is that Lyles beat Gatlin, right? Yes. That's <laughs> the only important thing. <laughs> but yeah, great to see Sean A come out. And also she 
doubled up. So she didn't just run 55. She ran 22.61 as well for 200 metres. She, God, she made them look so easy. And she always mm. does. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? The other thing I was really pleased to see as well is I know that you two... Okay, so there's this thing called the NCAAs that takes place oh. in America. Oh, what's it's that? It's where NCAAs. It's not, it's not really off kind of thing. Oh. But it takes oh, okay. place across the pond it, and it's kids it's, that go to get degrees in America and while they're there, they run super fast and they jump super far and they throw things. So it's oh. kind of like a children's, so it's, it's a bit, kind of a children's um, competition, is it? Yeah. Or is, like, it a bit, is it a bit like the Loughborough International? It's exactly right. like that. So uh, imagine okay. Bucks, but in the States. Shikari okay. <laughs> Richards won the 100 metre title there last year in 10.75, mm. which is a world under 20 record. And everyone went absolutely yeah. nuts for her in the same way that they did over Sydney McLaughlin and all the prodigies to come before. And I remember when we were talking on this podcast about, you know, can she then deliver at the US trials? Can we go and see her at the Worlds? And she didn't at all. She disappeared. And we've not heard a thing from her since. But she did come out and run 10.94 at this meet in O-Town and looked really good. And she says that finally things are clicking again. And I'm really excited for her because it's such a shame when you see athletes like that come out of nowhere and then never deliver again. Well, there's someone else exactly like that we're going to talk about in a sec. So that's interesting. I, I know what you're saying, but at the moment, all I really care about is that Shelly-Ann gets her third gold. So anyone who's... Um, coming in to even vaguely challenge that I'm not really there for unless it's Dina of course <laughs> Hi I'm Sally Pearson and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys So Showdown in O-Town was but a little appetiser for the oh I don't want to, we do sometimes swear on this podcast don't Oh we? absolutely So basically the organisational <laughs> clusterfuck that was the Inspiration Games which took place on Thursday night and when I actually you know what there was a lot to celebrate about that but we Got to start with Noah Lyles. I thought the whole thing was really <laughs> inspiring, to be honest. <laughs> but just to say, to begin with, I, I, as, the, as it started, I was making just a few notes, and I, I said, this is really well presented. The, it, was, it was a really, like, the idea yeah. was really well done. It was high quality. They did a whole explanation with graphics. They had little interviews with everybody. There's a lot of effort that had gone into that, which I really, really, really appreciate. The, the problem is... Well, there's manifold problems with it. Um, <laughs> but maybe, Claire, you want to talk about the, the main one? <laughs> I wasn't able to watch it live. I was at a birthday dinner with my family and came out and Twitter was completely blowing up and I was so confused because the tweets weren't... They obviously don't come in in chronological order. There's some algorithm that kind of stacks them up. So half of my tweets seemed to say that Noah Lyles had just broken the world record and not just broken, obliterated... <laughs> And half of my tweets were talking about some massive, massive error. And it took me a while to get down to the bottom of it. But essentially, uh, the most charismatic man in men's sprinting right now. I think we can say that. Yeah, I think we can say that. Oh, oh, yeah. An absolute superstar in the making, if not already made, um, had dropped 18.9 over 185 (laughs) metres. But like the the, the, what, the the issue first of all, I didn't. Everyone was making a fuss yeah. when it happened. I was, I didn't understand because I thought the race was one hundred and fifty meters. So because they did all these stupid distances, hadn't they? So when Steve Cram was going crazy about the time, I didn't compute. It took me a while to compute that um, it was actually supposed to be over two hundred meters. And um, yeah, it turns out he'd run. He started on the on the um, wrong start line. And Pierre Jean, who you need to follow on um, on Twitter. 
um, he did a whole explanation about how it's actually the 185 metre line. It's where the fifth hurdle would go in the 400 hurdles. Um, and he used, he used to be um, Christine Aron's coach and he's a, a very high level sprint coach. So he knows what he's talking about. But the, the, the kind of um, <laughs> amateur hour to do that from everybody involved, because it was the norm, I believe it should have been the normal 200 metre line. I don't think they, was, they yeah. were finishing on the, on the finish line. So I don't know how that happens. But also just for t- TV, and I, I totally I totally respect them making the effort. When you have a TV race of three different people racing in different places and you just show a close-up of each person, it's not a race. It's three individual people running. We had no idea who was in the lead. You had no idea until they reached the finish line. So just as a spectacle, it, it made absolutely no sense as well. And I'm not, I don't know a better way of doing it. So I, I'm not, it's not actually necessarily a criticism. I'm just saying something needs to, if you're going to continue doing something like that, we need to make it a bit more televisual. I think just simple things like making sure that each camera setup is the yes. same would make a different angles. Because just when they're at slightly different angles, it's very hard to tell what you're doing. Um, I thought I heard, and it's very hard on Twitter because you can read something and take it as gospel, but it was just someone, you know, pontificating as if. Um, but I think I read somewhere that... Um, it was being run a different way to usual. So he was, wasn't starting at the 200 metre line, maybe he was starting just past the finish line and finishing the 200 metre line or something. I, um, I read the opposite, I think, so... <laughs> oh, OK. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking that could, that could, that could be an explanation <laughs> yeah, as to why the... Why the um, um, but you would think the athlete themselves would know, wouldn't you? You'd think they would, they would have done it enough times to know it was the wrong line. Anyway, listen, at least it wasn't a World Championships or anything that actually mattered mm. in the slightest, because obviously it didn't matter. They tried their hardest with the camera sync. I really think they... Did. And there were there were points in some of the other races, having watched it back, where they got it spot on yeah. and it actually was exciting and there was a bit of a sense of competition. But you're right, in some of them it just completely diluted it because you're just watching three people running. Yeah. Um, I just feel awful for Noah because the poor kid, like, all he wants to do is run 200 metres and World Athletics are denying him that in the Diamond League. Now they're taking it away from him in the Inspiration Games. <laughs> but but why, why the stupid distances? They always mess up. They always mm, do yeah, 100 I yards. I don't want to see anyone run 100 yards. I don't want to see anyone run 300 metre hurdles. Although it did make me laugh that there was a, a bet going on about which hurdle um, Georgia and Moline would fall over. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. That was really good. And as usual, luckily for her, there was like two or three missing, wasn't there? So she she had she yes. Had <laughs> um, and then a three hundred relay. Yes. What was that? It so bizarre. I, I did actually ask on Twitter if anyone knew why they kept doing three hundred meter races. I didn't get an answer. I don't think. But um, that's just for an athletics fan. You know what nerds we all are. Um, I don't think anyone wants to see a three hundred relay. I mean, was it because they couldn't get a fourth no. member? Because I don't know what that time no, means. No, none of it means anything. So the, th- the 300 relays, the 300 hurdles, the 150 metres, the 100 yards, all kind of kind of pointless. But having said that, listen, I'm not taking any of it seriously. I'm just glad the IWF are yeah. making the effort, and I think it's really good they are. Mm. Um, it's a bit of fun, and it's something for us to enjoy during like this time when we have nothing else on. So I'm not complaining about it, just because it doesn't matter, but it just seems some odd choices were made. And the, the, they got some really, really, really big names, which yeah. was really that was. Yeah. I mean, especially the Americans. The Americans, obviously, they've been training. They've got good weather. Um, they don't seem to have any kind of lockdown, so I don't think. That, <laughs> I'm not sure that their training's been as interrupted as it has in other countries. Um, but yeah, but to have Tiana, to have Alison, to have um, Noah Lyles, to have all, sure all the pole vaulters. Mm. Pole vault has been the star of lockdown, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm. And I know we've talked a lot about how pole vault, how exciting it is and how it, it, it's a, like a standalone sport and how it could be 
almost like a, a extreme sport. And it really has been the star. And I hope that they can take that and do something else with it um, because it's got the personalities as well. So, um, yeah, um, and, and they were, they did really good um, uh, performances as well. But one person I did want to mention, we touched on it a little bit earlier when you were, you were talking about young athletes coming back. It was so nice to see Candice Hill running the relay mm. with Alison and Tiana because Candice Hill was the world youth champion in 2015, the world junior champion in um, 2016. The first, I mean, they said schoolgirl in, in America, but she was 16 years old. To go under 11 seconds, she ran 11.98 and then she's had some off years where she's won 11-2, 11-15. And obviously here we'd be screaming about her because she's still only 21, I think, or maybe even, I think she was 21 this year. So great to see her back and hopefully getting back into some kind of form. Because if you come on 11-98 as a 16, 17-year-old, then obviously you're a superstar in the making. This is Alison Phillips and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. Speaking of Americans, the Barman Track Club were back to their usual record-breaking heroics out in the States. And just last night, there were two record attempts over the 5,000 metres, paced by teammates, and my goodness me, they delivered. Um, Shelby Houlihan was already the American record holder. Uh, she dropped a cool 14.23.92, taking over 10 seconds off her own national record. And Carissa Schweitzer... Um, who kind of burst onto the scene off the NCAAs in the world last year, finished behind her also breaking that old record. So for the first time ever, we've got two American women under 14.30. Are the Americans playing this right by getting their athletes in racing shape now during lockdown when there's nothing to compete for? Or should they be getting their heads down and training for an Olympics and a world champs at home? Do you remember when Adam was on with you um, earlier in the year, earlier in lockdown, and he talked about how he was using this year to get rid of all those niggles and problems yeah. and things that he hadn't had the chance because in, in a given year you know, you've got to get ready to compete haven't you and so this year he was actually going to use this as an opportunity to finally get over injuries and like really get himself ready for for next year and it does seem to me that that is a more sensible way of using this year than coming out and running um super super fast times i i don't really know what the point is um yes it's great to have beat the American record, but if you're in this peak condition this time this year, are you going to be able to keep that going till next year? Are not injuries going to creep in that you... I feel more... I mean, I, I, so I'm not a coach. I'm not in any way technical. I just watch the, watch the sport. But it does feel to me that like getting this good at this point is kind of a waste of time, possibly. In the men's race, Mo Ahmed ran a national record uh, for Canada, 12.47 as well, for the 5,000 metres. So it really was across the board that these athletes were dropping some pretty tasty times. I, I must just say that um, the the opportunity to run high quality 5Ks, especially on the men's side, they don't, like, there's only been one or two examples in the past few years where they've actually gone out really yeah. fast. Salman Borrego ran a really fast time, the, I don't, can't remember where it was, a couple of years ago. But they, so to put on the opportunity with the pacemaking to run fast is obviously um, really helpful. Mm. On the women's side, I feel less so because people are running fast all the time. Uh, but, but once again, the, the pacemaking is often set up for a world record by somebody and so it leaves the people kind of in limbo behind i'm assuming these races were set up specifically for these people well i am pleased that all the french bread is paying off for shelby whose french bread fridays remains one of my favorite gentle teammate trollings of all time of colleen quigley's incredibly profitable um french braid fridays which i think she's now actually got 
seems to be making money off the thing. It's actually become <laughs> a legitimate Instagram sensation. But chuffed that they are getting some incredible results. Clearly, whatever they are doing over there is working. Hi, this is Tony Minicello, and you're listening to The Back Straight Boys. <laughs> in much less happy news, I think there are two things that have happened in the athletics community in the last few weeks, which definitely need referencing. The first is the very sad passing away of President Sven, a real pod favourite, fan favourite, and just genuine good guy. Mm-hmm. It's not often that we especially, but people in the athletics world, have good things to say about the people who run the sport. Um, and yet I've never heard anybody have anything bad to say about um, Pres Sven, because he was, as you say, just a genuine good guy. He was a guy who absolutely loved this sport. And he was a guy who bizarrely sort of really took a liking to me and Jody. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure how we first knew him. It might have just been on Twitter or something. But um, he was always lovely to us. He would always come and say hello. We'd always have a chat. Um, Back in in Amsterdam at the Europeans, there was something happened about we couldn't get accreditation because the the um, actual press bit was really, really small. And so they were only giving it to like big um, big press um, bodies. Um, and we applied and they said, oh, unfortunately, you can't get it. And he actually stepped in. Um, I think he saw on Twitter, he said we couldn't get it. And he actually went to the accreditation people and said, give them accreditation. Um, and they had to come back to us and say, oh, well, actually, the president said you can have it. We were like, wow, that is such a lovely, nice thing to do. Because what he was all about the fans, you know? Yeah. He was all about the fans. I think he cared more about what the fans thought than he thought, cared what the actual um, press, the TV and that thought. He just wanted to make sure that the fans, the people who are actually the most important part of the sport, you know, part other than the athletes, um, he really, really did care what, what we all thought about stuff. And he was just a genuinely lovely, lovely man. Um and when he had a stroke, I think it was back in March, didn't he? And then we hadn't heard anything else, and I just assumed he was getting better. And so to hear that news was really, really sad. Um, but it's a really nice thing. It must be nice for his family to know that, like, when somebody does die in that way, you have no one has anything but lovely things to say about them. Um, which certainly isn't true of many people, you know. Maybe not be true of me. But, um, you know, just, just you saw the outpouring of affection on, on Twitter and on social media, which was lovely to see. For someone who's in a like a clerical role almost, like he's 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 a, uh, official running the business. For even fans to be so familiar with him, for fans to yes. interact, he is interacting with people on Twitter. He always had time to stop and chat. That just shows the kind of person he was. So, and there's lots of sports administrators who we don't even know. I mean, I, who was who was the president of European Athletics before him? No idea. No, no, none of us know. So, um, so that that just shows exactly how much he loved the sport and how much um, everyone in the sport loved him as well. The other story, which we might not want to talk all too much about, because I think there are still ongoing processes, and it's very actually hard, I think, to draw a conclusion on this one because not all the evidence has been made available to the public. But Bianca Williams and her partner Ricardo dos Santos were stopped and made available by police with their three-month-old son in the car on the way back from training last week. And things seemed to escalate incredibly quickly and culminated um, with, I think, both of them being handcuffed um, and the entire interaction lasting quite a long time to the great distress of Bianca um, and several people involved. And it's, it's turned into a big, big national news story. I was wondering if you two had anything you wanted to say about it or any immediate thoughts. So I think, obviously, this is, a, this is an issue that we discussed a couple of weeks ago. And in light of the Black Lives Matter movement and what's happened in America and, and across the world, it is something that's very topical. The, the issue here is, for me, 
is not whether the police should or shouldn't have stopped her. I don't know. I didn't see what happened. There's stories about, like, he drove too fast or on the wrong side of the road, and he disputes that. But the issue for me is, when the police do stop you, that the way they were stopped and the level of escalation, before they, they stopped the car, yeah. the guy, the policeman, came into the car with his baton out, like, threatening to smash the window. That was the first interaction. Not, excuse me, sir, I think you were speeding. Not, excuse me, which, can I have a chat? And then dragging Bianca out with her baby in the car. None of them have any masks or anything. We're in the middle of, of, a, of a pandemic. And Bianca, quite rightly, says, I don't want you taking my baby. I don't know who you are. You've just stopped us for no reason whatsoever. And now you're dragging me out of a car and handcuffing them. So that's, that, that, I think, is where the issue lies. And the way that people are treated. Some people um, perceive this as being racist. I would tend to agree. The, the way that police approach you does differ depending on who you are. And there's lots of evidence um, of black people, especially black people in nice cars, being stopped disproportionately. Um, Ricardo says he's stopped being stopped 15 times since he's got that new car. That is not proportional. And um, just the way that they were stopped and the, the way that... And then to say, oh, the car smell of um, um, cannabis and they thought they might have weapons on them. It's, it's <laughs> this is what happened. This is and this has been going on forever. And it's only now that we have video cameras in phones that people can see that it's not people being arrested lying all the time. Sometimes the police. I'm not going to say lie, but sometimes the police story is not a hundred percent factual. I um I saw it on on Twitter. I saw that Linford had put it on Twitter. And I thought, oh my God, and also it's Bianca of all people, you know, could you think of it like a nicer, sweeter, more milder person for it to happen to? Um, I was shocked, you know, and I'm not someone who, who sort of goes around with blinkers on, I know this kind of stuff happens, but like, as Jodie says, the escalation, that it went from zero to like handcuffs in, what, 30 seconds? There was no like pulling them aside there was no like just checking it there was no there was nothing had come from the car to um, warrant that level of almost aggression you know um so you know in the 20 odd years i've lived in london i've never had really any interaction with the police at all which is why you know i'm shocked looking at something like that because it's not not my experience i know that jody did once jody got stopped by the police once for some chunky reason didn't you yeah i've like once like like i said i've i've lived in london for 28 years now and um, I've only been stopped once by the police and I was coming out of Leicester Square tube station and as I walked at the top of the escalator this dog walked in front of me and I got kind of muddled up in its lead and I was like, oh, sorry and then I realised it was a police dog and then they said, oh, the dog smelt drugs on you and we need to pat you down and I was like, whatever, welcome to pat me down um, and they said the dog could smell, um, yeah, I don't know, cannabis or something um, and then... Uh, that was fine. I nothing. I went away, and my friend who was with me, who'd walked up the stairs behind me, said the dog didn't smell anything for, for on you. He saw the policeman made it go in front of me on purpose. Um, so I hadn't noticed that, but I live in. A, I'm quite oblivious to what goes on around me. But so that was interesting. But sorry, the point was, Jodie, at the time, at the time, you were you had big dreadlocks. Yes, you? yeah, that's so very that's true. A black man with big dreadlocks, who they they immediately assumed must be on cannabis <laughs> because he's um. He's a black man with dreadlocks. So, and I can guarantee Jodie has not smoked cannabis since yeah. he's about 15. So. <laughs> that's absolutely true. <laughs> but yeah, but that's just once again, it's like, it was like, oh, the dog smelt this on you. And my friend who stood there watching, he said, There's, uh, the, the policeman actually made it walk in front of you. 
Um, so there's, there's little techniques that people use and it's very impossible to disprove. And I feel like there's a lot of that going on with what happened with Bianca. I can't even begin to imagine how exhausting and frustrating it must be to be profiled like that on a daily basis. So mm. my heart goes out to them, regardless of what took place there, given the yeah. context of what is going on globally. It's a horrible look. It's a horrible incident. And at the core of it is a young woman who was upset at being separated from her baby. So it's a, a, a really tough incident. To, it leaves a bitter taste in the mouth. A lot of the comments in any of the videos about this is, oh, well, they should have done it as they were told. They shouldn't answer back the police. They shouldn't have been speeding. And yes, but why do black people have to be perfect all the time? Like it's in any situation, people would be upset in that situation. And then it, once again, it gets blamed on them for the way that they behaved with what their reactions were very, very normal human reactions. And I've seen videos, there's a quite famous one that goes around on Twitter of um, somewhere on a, like with all these kids like having a mini riot and jumping up and down on the police fat, on police car and nobody getting arrested. So there is, I mean, I know that's just one example, but there is a difference in the way that people are treated and the, the expectations of people. But also you say that, you know, they should have stopped, they should have got out, etc. But when it's the 15th time it's happened yeah. to you and you've done nothing wrong, it's not surprising if you have... Like if you're tired, you know, if you're exhausted by this. Um, just to sort of wrap it up quickly, uh, one little thing that's really bugged me throughout this is Linford first put the video up on his Instagram, I think. And so any news report that I've read about it has said, like, it was um, brought to the attention by, and this is, I'm sure it was written somewhere and everyone's copied it from the same one, former Olympic medalist, Ooh. Linford Christie. Now, it's one thing, you know, we don't like, there's no such thing as a former Olympic champion. Once you're Olympic champion, you are always Olympic champion. Linford Christie will always be the 1992 Olympic champion. He's not a former Olympic champion. There is no such thing. There is certainly no such thing as a former medalist. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, you know. A champion's a title, so you do have one that takes over from you. No one takes over your medals. That's just, so former Olympic medalist Linford Christie is so disrespectful and I'm not having it. Hi, this is Jenny Simpson and back straight back. All right. <laughs> is that all right? <laughs> Thank you. From champions in the real world to champions on screen, we have got a very exciting back straight episode coming up soon and it was far from my idea. I think it might have started with you, Bayo. So I'm going to hand over to you to announce what is coming up on a back straight FM. Okay, so a few weeks back, we were going to start this new um, new idea, but of course we had like all the, the Black Lives Matter stuff, etc. So we changed the um, we changed the episode around. Um, so lockdown's not quite what it was. This was going to be fun for you all in lockdown, but um, it's it's a bit late for that. But you've still got plenty of time to tune in to Backstraight Film Club. Woo! Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, a new thing we'll be doing like you know I don't know how many we'll do we'll see, we'll see what we can we'll see what ones we can um, choose but if, for the moment our very first ever Backstreet Film Club's film is going to be that cinematic classic <laughs> fast what? what are you laughing at? that <laughs> cinematic sorry, sorry. classic <laughs> that was a cough sounded like a laugh it was a cough <laughs> I'm going to give it a big intro again for our very first Backstreet Film Club is going to be that cinematic classic Fast Girls. What a, there's, not a, there's not a more appropriate film for us to be the first film club for the Backstreet Boys. 
There is not indeed. So here's what you have to do. You've got a good sort of, sort of 10 days, week, maybe, uh, week 10 days to, to track um, Fast Goes Down and watch it. Those of you that haven't already, the best way to, to watch it, I think, is to go to your DVD case <laughs> and take, the, the, um, <laughs> take it off the shelf and put it into your DVD player because I'm sure you all own it. If not, it's on Amazon, it's on YouTube, it's on Google Play. You can find it anywhere. It's like £2.50 or something to, to find. It'd be the best £2.50 you've ever spent ever spent yeah um so I want you to watch it and then you want you can um send us a message on on twitter you can send us messages on instagram you can dm us i want you to hashtag it back straight um back straight film club so back straight film club hashtag it on there with any questions with any thoughts with any praise for this um cinematic masterpiece and then we will all be having a chat about it um later on and in very special back straight fashion We've got some special sprint queens as guests, don't we? Some, our own very, our very own fast girls. Who are going to be our guests, Bayo? Our first special guest is the European um, Junior 200 meter champion, Yay. Amy Hunt, who has oh, run a sensational so 22. She's run a sensational 22:42, which is a crazy, crazy fast time. So she's coming on to talk about her fast girl antics, and then we have someone you know you might know, might be excited to hear about um, the one, the only, the reigning British and world sprint queen, Miss Dina Asher Smith. Yay! <laughs> Oh, it's going to be good to have her back on the pod. Pulled it out the bag again. <laughs> so that's Amy Hunt and Dina Asher-Smith, world champion Dina Asher-Smith. Dina said to us a few months back, oh, I'll come on anytime, anytime you like. And we were like, oh, I, I, I know what you can come on for. So like, so we have literally proper, proper sprint queens for our first girl, fast girls Back straight film club special. Um, so I want questions. We want comments. We want you know questions for the girls. Comments about the films. Back straight film club is the hashtag. Put it on um, Twitter, on Instagram. You can send us. You can DM us anywhere you like. Just make sure you you send us your questions and your um, comments, and we will either ask the girls or read them out on the program. If you're thinking I am knees deep in a box set right now, or I'm not really into that sort of great terrible film vibe <laughs> or any if you're turning your nose up at this check yourself reconsider all of that because i cannot do justice to how feel good that film is and also can we just obviously that came out in 2012 and since then our relay girls have been on fire i think it's not a film yeah. i think it's an instruction manual of how we became <laughs> successful in the four by one relay. And we've already had some comments from some previous sprint queens um, that we will read out. So Abby's been getting involved in Jeanette. <laughs> Tasha Danvers has already made comments. So talk about inspiration games. That's what, that's what I would say, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, if you haven't seen this, you're in for such a treat. <laughs> This will be my fifth watching. I'm going to watch it again this weekend. It'll be the fifth time I've seen that film. Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, showing off slightly here, the last time I saw it was at the world premiere. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I was so excited when I came up with this idea. It made me like so, so excited. And then it made me more excited when I realised the guests we had. So guys, where can people message us? I am on Twitter at Claire underscore G Thomas. We're, we're on Twitter at, at BackstraightB and we're on Instagram at Backstraight Boys Podcast. Yes. And can I just say, firstly, <laughs> well done. <laughs> well <laughs> done. <laughs> I, I, 
I wanted that praise. The Instagram so is just... really, really good right now. So if you don't follow us, do hop on there. Give us a follow. The comment sections are always a blast. And Bayo, who runs it, is doing a fine, fine job. <laughs> Can I just say, when we did that, you could see all of our faces. Had it. it was like, you know, like watching a, like watching a relay race. Are they going to do it? Are they going to get it round? We passed that baton perfectly. And we actually did it, I think, probably for the first time in about six months. So well done, us. Thank you very much for tuning in. Enjoy Fast Girls for the, as you said, cinematic masterpiece that it is not. And we cannot (laughs) wait to discuss it with you very, very soon at the Backstreet Film Club. Bye. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.